All right, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Fear Boners, this year's special holiday edition. No, not Halloween. We are talking about Christmas or whatever holiday it is you celebrate because this is the non-denominational holiday special. Um, We hope that you have your stockings hung by the chimney with care. Uh, to wake up in the morning and find out that it's stuffed full of fear boners right there. Um, and this week in particular, I have a very, very special guest, uh, my best friend from back home. Uh, he is Sean, the Swedish Cyclops, Sven Svendriksen Bukowski. Uh, Sean, hey, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. I'm sitting here ready to talk about this topic. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks for taking the time. Glad we were able to put this together. Uh, This week in particular, we're going to be talking about uh, holiday horror movies. Um, I wanted to provide a little backup there. Um, As for the uh, Down in Front podcast, generally we start with what we're drinking and what we're watching. So I'll let you start it off. Sean, what are you drinking there? Uh, Well, I am a man of simple tastes, so I myself have a traditional yingling lager, classic (laughs) American drink. Good stuff. Good stuff. And how about what you've been watching lately? Been watching the release of uh, superhero movies that have sort of taken cinema by swarm these past, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Uh, saw Justice League just recently and then Thor right before that. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was actually, well, I was there when we went to go see Justice League, so that's fine. We can say I, I visited was for you, Thanksgiving. Wasn't it? Yep, we saw that movie. It was okay. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as uh, the DC universe is going, it's, I'd say a sign that they're going up quality wise, heading so. in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Um, as for myself, I'm sipping on some, some whiskey cider here, uh, cause that's all I really had in the house, um, uh, in the way of food and or drink. Um, and, uh, besides watching all these holiday horror movies to gear up for this special, um, I just started watching a series on Netflix called Dark. Uh, which I was actually going to recommend to you. I guess they just put it up there. It's sort of, people have been saying it's akin to um, Stranger Things. And it kind of is. It's mm. it's a little bit different. It deals with, like, it's a family drama. But I think it's, I think it's Danish. Um, it's definitely in another language, but they dub it in English. So the, the English dub is a little hokey. I haven't found if they had it in, like, the native language or not yet. But it's pretty cool. It's really spooky. It revolves around... Um, this mystery of kids getting kidnapped and people being murdered and there's like people having affairs and stuff and it's really kind of dark and like there's weird time travel elements to it and I'm only a few episodes in so I don't want to spoil anything but it's pretty good so far um so that's what I've been watching besides all this other stuff but yeah to um to get into what we're going to be talking about today uh when I was home for Thanksgiving Sean and I hung out and we sort of started talking about our holiday traditions and um, I know Sean and his family, uh, they usually go to the movies, um, or they used to go to the movies on Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I got to talking about how uh, my mom and I had sort of started in the last few years watching horror movies pretty much nonstop all the time, and we found that there was a high concentration of um, Christmas horror movies, um, and Sean and I got to talking about that, and to which he sort of responded and, and recommended a film called... Um, a Christmas Horror Story, which he found on Netflix. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that one, Sean? Sure. Um, for those of you that might be familiar with uh, a another movie along the same lines, a anthology of Halloween movies called Trick or Treat. It's a uh, anthology of several Christmas stories that overlap. 
a big highlight of it is the fact that it has William Shatner in there. Yeah, you didn't even mention that to me when you when you recommended it, so I watched it and I was like, "What the hell is this guy doing here?" That was a nice surprise. <laughs> I, I mean, even though he's not exactly a crucial character, I feel just his presence mentioning that would have been a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, the stories include uh, Santa fighting off a invasion. Well, not necessarily an invasion, but zombie uh, elves due to a Would that be more uh, like disease. an outbreak? Probably like an outbreak kind yeah, of? Outbreak's yeah, outbreak's the word. I Just not monkeys, for. more like elves. Then we had uh, one of the stories was about an evil family getting what was coming to them uh, in terms of with uh, the spirit of Krampus, which I really liked that story, although it wasn't all that great and didn't develop a whole lot. It felt like a uh, old Twilight Zone episode of the for uh, the POS family that had to wear the masks and until like midnight in order to get their dying relatives money. Oh and because yeah, they're all selfish. They did it, but then their faces get all messed up. Twisted. Yeah. So because everyone got what was coming to them, it felt a lot like that. And it has that one dude I was pointing out. I can't. Uh, I watched it with my friend Chrissy, and I was pointing out to her. I was like, "Oh yeah, that one dude from Supernatural is in it." And he's starting to become one of those dudes who's like in horror movies all the time. The guy that plays Death. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. He looks like he looks like what I would. I always say he's the epitome of Ichabod Crane. Like he's very <laughs> bony. Like he's got very like protruding features, and like he's very. He's got a weird accent. I can definitely see that, yeah. Yeah. And then I believe there were at least one other story was about um, a family whose son was uh, taken and more or less replaced by a changeling. And I think that one was supposed to be about bringing family together because the whole thing was about the mom more or less trying to hunt down the uh, changelings on their territory and get her son back yeah that one was pretty good it kind of bring it was sort of the first one in the the anthology that sort of you realize that everything's kind of tied together all the stories kind of are linked in some sort of way which makes sense because that is tied into the one that i had forgotten which was supposed to be some sort of play on jesus's birth and a ghost getting a chick pregnant and having a son born and people dying so that one was yeah that one was almost the one that kind of stood out because it was like really it was just a weird ghost story that like didn't really totally fit besides the fact that they were like in the basement of a school where there were a bunch of props from like the nativity sitting around otherwise it just seemed like a kind of detached and like uh it didn't really it wasn't as successful as the other ones were for me in that movie it did feel a little rushed because I feel there were quite a few potholes that you could point out that it just didn't quite make sense why a character would react the way they did and just going about it. That's probably the lesser of the stories from uh, this movie's anthology of stories. Yeah, but I do love anthology movies, so I do appreciate you recommending uh, that particular film to me, especially because I'd seen it there, but I hadn't really thought about it. Um, but I'm glad because it sort of came, this idea of doing this episode came out of us like talking about that movie. So uh, great recommendation. And um, would you would you recommend this film for people to watch, especially around the holidays? That one, almost above any others that we're going to be going over. There are a few others that definitely are points that I would have to 
share with uh, with people, but this one in particular, I would actually try to make the argument with people I'm talking about that it is a good movie, not just a crappy movie that it's fun to watch, fun to make fun of, but I legit feel that this could be considered a good movie. Yeah, it's it's got pretty decent production value. It's not, you know, there's no points that really kind of to stick to you. It's not like slow. It kind of goes around and the pace carries so you can enjoy it. Yeah. And then, um, all right. So kind of going into our next film, um, not, a, a like a full length film, but kind of in my research of finding like what movies were available, which ones we'd seen and which ones we hadn't. Um, I came across a short film on YouTube. It's about 15, 16 minutes. It's called Treevenge. Um, and I sent it to Sean and we both had a chance to sit down and watch this. Um, it's a great little movie uh, starring some of the folks from um, the hit series, which is now a Netflix original series, Trailer Park Boys. So if you're a fan of that show, you might recognize some of the people in the short film. Um, and it's basically exactly what you think it is. It's a movie about Christmas trees taking a dark, bloody revenge against the people that kind of tear them down and stick them up. And it's it's kind of funny. The trees have their own little language and, you know, some real, some real messed up shit happens in this movie. Um, but going into it, Sean, when I sent you that movie without any sort of heads up or warning, what were you expecting? Uh, just from the one-off picture that it shows before I started watching it, it had uh, sort of a red background with black uh, drawn trees with faces. I honestly thought that it was going to be a goofy animation type deal. Uh while I was not disappointed when it uh, was something I had not at all expected, but I was pleasantly surprised. And uh, it's definitely one of those uh, videos that when you watch, it's not supposed to be taken seriously at all. You know, that was never the intention. And you know that the people making it, both actors and crew, you get this feeling that they probably had a really fun, good time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of some of the movies we used to make back in the day on when we used to upload stuff to YouTube all the time, except there was a lot more fake blood in this movie. Um, I think, honestly, like my favorite part in the film is when the uh, uh, spoilers, but a baby gets stomped to death by a tree. And it's just this amazing scene. It's terrifying and gross. And it's like kind of like the payoff for the whole movie. But it's just like, oh, OK, that just happened. Well, Merry Christmas. Great. <laughs> well, I mean, during, I mean, it starts off right away with uh, a bunch of crazy, very angry, for some reason, lumberjacks just cutting down these trees with immense hate. Yeah. But it introduces that the little sapling uh, that has a squeaky high tree voice itself got stomped on, so it's almost like a tit for tat that. Oh, that's they true. Just get back at it. That's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. That's actually, you're right. Yeah. And also, yeah, I didn't understand why the, all the lumberjacks were, so, and the, like the tree sellers were so angry. Like they had, like they were almost taking revenge against the trees for some reason, but honestly, like they just stand there, they cut them down and they make all this money from these trees that don't do anything to them, but they're so pissed off about it. Yeah. And like you had said, it's a short film. It's only 15 minutes. So it's definitely worth just taking the 15 minutes out. Anyone who can find it, just go to YouTube, search Treevenge, and I mean, if we can add a link to this uh, episode, I guess. Yeah, so I'll ask. Can just click on it. I'll ask Warren and see if we can include a link to it, maybe in the description, because it's a real quick watch and it's easy to find. And it's definitely enjoyable. 
Um, so I hope everybody takes the time to check that one out. Um, all right, and our next film is actually one of my favorites. Um, I'm not uh, 100% sure how Sean feels about this one, but Bill Goldberg, wrestling superstar, stars as Santa Claus in Santa's Slay. That's not S-L-E-I-G-H, it's S-L-A-Y. Like, he's killing people because he is killing the hell out of people in this movie. Uh, Sean, how do you feel about this in this movie in particular? Well, I mean... I could say a lot of bad things about it, but I feel most of those bad things are because it's one of those intentionally bad movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, no doubt, younger me, when I was actually a wrestling fan, would have loved this film. Oh, yeah, because we were, we were talking, when we were talking about it at Thanksgiving, you had brought up the, um, the movie Ready to Rumble, which was one of the movies we used to watch all the time with, um, with Scott Kahn and, uh, what's his name, uh, Dewey from the Scream movies. Um, and how that had all the like WWF and WWE stars and it was like pretty crazy. So it's like that meets Christmas. Um, and then the, the, the best part about the movie, I think is like, even just the, even if you watch the first five minutes, which I think again, you can find on YouTube is the part where he basically just comes down the chimney and slays a whole bunch of like, uh, kind of famous people like Fran Drescher, um, from the, the nanny and like, um, I think who else is there? Do you remember anybody else who's there in the first five minutes of the movie? I'm trying to remember who. Uh... But there's like some great murders. Like he just like he's just killing people left and right, and like one dude winds up on fire, and somebody else gets decapitated, and like all this other crazy stuff happens. There's like dogs. I think he punts a dog at one point. <laughs> it's like a little chow chow like like thing, and he like punts it across the room. Oh, I can't remember if you had mentioned um, Chris Kattan is in it. Yes, yeah, he's in the, yep, oh, yeah, yep, yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, and then like it basically goes from there, and we find that there's this um, uh, grandfather and grandson duo who kind of live together, but like everybody thinks the grandfather's a quack because he's like he's like an inventor, but like he's he has this like weird theory about Christmas, and you know we find out that like through this like crazy course of events like the the grandfather has this strange connection where he understands that like Santa was actually a demon the whole time and that's why he's evil and killing people and I'm not going to spoil the whole thing cuz there are like some some funny little creative twists throughout the movie but like there's moments where like when he kills the 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 Jewish guy that owns the deli with the the um the candles <laughs> that's there's some pretty there's some pretty there's some pretty choice kills in this movie um, and some pretty great moments. But one of the things that stands out to me is like, I almost feel like the grandfather grandson dynamic of the main characters feels like it's trying too hard to be, um, doc Brown and Marty McFly just without time travel. Yeah. That's pretty much exactly what their relationship is like. I mean, for anyone that hasn't seen this movie, uh, I mean, if you've seen any of those WWE action movies that are out there that try to be way too serious, this is the equivalent of if they realized they can't make a quality film, and so they just leaned into what they were good at. <laughs> but it is one that I don't recommend if you are looking for a really good movie or you have something particular, like a certain mindset. This is just, all right, I have, I don't know how long it was, like, uh, I think like just over an hour. If you have that time to kill, you just want something where you don't have to think. But 
I don't know. It's Christmas season. You just want to see mindless killing. It's like, yeah, it's like this the Marine. The two. It's like the Marine one through ten, and then they just slap like a Santa hat on John Cena and say, go with it. Roll with it. There you go. Um, and then I guess like, you know, your analogy there is like if you have the time, but also because these are these are holiday movies. So I guess it really depends on how much you love your family. So if you're watching True. this movie with your family and you're not like, it's like, yeah, we're going to watch a really shitty movie. <laughs> Definitely one for the little ones. Oh, yeah, totally. Definitely bring the kids to Santa Slay. <laughs> Next movie uh, is one that while you introduce Santa Slay not sure about how our opinions on it vibed i know this next movie krampus from about a year or two ago i believe we have completely different if not just slightly different opinions on what type of movie this is yeah i'm, I'm excited to hear what you had to think about this one right, uh for those of you who didn't see it i believe it's a 2015 film it's the only one of this list that we're going over that I actually saw in theaters. Uh, I don't know if it was the only one released in theaters, but <laughs> um, it's about a family who, I don't know, they lose the Christmas spirit. And because of that, Krampus comes and completely decimates their entire neighborhood, I guess. It's not really clear as to how far widespread this is, but... Uh, it focuses on a single family who venture out a little bit throughout the movie. So you see that's beyond just their home and just their family, but they seem to be the main cause of why Krampus is unleashing hell on their neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I feel like <clears throat> the one thing, um, as you as you go into that, when you point out, I can kind of hear in your tone why you weren't really digging this movie. It can't really settle on whether it wanted to be a comedy or like a serious movie. And there were so many plot holes where you can't tell how far this, like, this issue or this thing extends. And it's, like, part of the reason I liked it was that it had this weird, like, isolating vibe a la, like, um, John Carpenter's The Thing. So they kind of get, like, frozen in the house and they're kind of all by themselves and stuck alone because the storm's so crazy. But then it gets really goofy and there's all this, like, oh, well, we're all family but we kind of hate each other and this is why Christmas is ruined so kill us with a giant monster. Meh. So it wasn't as good as I was hoping, but uh, what? Uh, tell us, tell us about the why this movie fails, Sean. My bigger, I mean, the biggest things that I had problems with were, I mean, the idea of Krampus, love it. The concept of, all right, there's a family trying to survive a Krampus onslaught, I think is great as well. I believe my biggest problems were the characters themselves. And their development, or should I say, lack thereof development, that more or less is only plays on development that had happened to them through small glimpses prior to the movie starting. So, like, uh, the, there's a family and then, like, an extended family that's coming to visit. Uh, the two dads of the two nuclear families that are there... Um, trying to remember one is uh adam scott yeah uh he trying to think of stuff he's been in he's in a show on tv right now called ghosted uh he was in the second hot tub time machine movie he replaced um what's his name oh yeah Uh, what's his name (laughs) no he was in Step Brothers. he was wasn't he the wasn't he the dickhead uh yeah 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 yeah. um 
but <clears throat> I feel, and then the other dad was uh, David Kochner, uh, Todd Packer from The Office. That's what I know him mostly from. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the sportscaster from Anchorman? Yep. <laughs> I feel that the two of them just got completely typecasted in these roles, and they didn't play anything beyond like, all right, I'll just go in, let this role go. I mean, it's something I'm used to, so I don't have to put much effort into it. Adam Scott is sort of the, I don't want to say whiny, but he's sort of a wuss who (laughs) is in a situation that requires him to step up, but he never fully commits and steps up. And then the other dad, played by David Kochner, who plays a dick who has a huge ego that allows him to think that these dickish things that he does is completely normal and he is completely in the right for doing so. And they just sort of, I feel, phone in these roles that they've played so many times before and just used to. Yeah, I could and, see that. I could feel. I feel like like the cast itself, you could swap out pretty much every one of those characters and it would be the same movie. Like, I don't feel like there's anybody who I would want... Like, they're so like middle of the road like their motivations are kind of confusing and it's they're flung into this situation it's like anybody could have played those roles and i mean yeah like going off that i mean the family itself like care the characters themselves it's just everyone like the dave kochner's daughters he you could obviously tell he raised them the way he would have raised sons he obviously wishes they were sons and they point that out in the movie and oh yeah (laughs) just I mean, that type of stuff, it's just they try to give the characters little quips and stuff, but it just doesn't flow. It's not like it doesn't add anything to the movie necessarily. And it's just I don't know. That's the biggest problem I've had was just the way the cast was written, the way the cast was more or less cast. And then just going back a little what you said, where it couldn't decide if it wanted to be serious or funny. uh not going to spoil with what they are, but some of the Krampus minions, we'll call them, oh, yeah. uh, that he creates are quite comical and very fun to watch in their murderous rampages. So had it just leaned into being completely unserious, like trying to be funny, I don't feel it necessarily would have been the theater release that it was if it didn't take itself seriously but i believe i would have found it more enjoyable had it done so that's fair yeah i could see that i mean like i enjoyed it for what it was because i think um for something so specific like a holiday genre horror movie getting as much um hype as that one did like they they were advertising the hell out of that movie when it came out and i didn't see it in theaters because i didn't get around to it um and i wish i had um while it's not a perfect movie, while I do agree with you on a lot of your points, um, I definitely enjoyed it because also going back to his minions, a lot of it is done with like practical effects um, besides a couple things where it's like, obviously there's not going to be an easy way to do like a giant human accordion thing that swallows children um, or whatever it was. But like some of it's like terrifying, but it is also kind of funny. So I think you're, you're right where it's, you know, it could have either gone the way of, like, a Jack Frost or Ginger Dead Man, which we'll talk about in a little bit, or it could have gone the way of, like, something more serious like Christmas Horror Story or Black Christmas or something like that. But, um, the, you know, the one that comes to mind is Gremlins. Gremlins kind of really toes the line of having these moments where it is really funny and then, like, 
you know, the girlfriend tells the story about her dad falling down the chimney dressed as Santa and dying, and it gets really serious, and it's like, wow, this movie's a bummer. Oh, no, here I am laughing again. So it's like, it can be done, but... Um, I don't know. I think uh, we'll agree to disagree on a lot of things, but I do agree with a lot of your points. Um, it could have been better, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, so that one we'll leave up in the air. Uh, viewer, listener, if you want to go out of your way to watch it, definitely go check it out. If you don't, um, feel free to reach out to uh, Down in Front Podcast and tell us to go fuck ourselves. That's fine. We appreciate those holiday greetings. We really do. Uh, you can find us in all forms of social media, so definitely let us know what you think. Um, and with that, uh, I think we're going to go into... Our next movie, which I can't remember which one we said we were going to talk about next. Do you? After Krampus? I believe going into Jack Frost and Ginger Deadman. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I mentioned previously. So (laughs) it's been a while since I've seen both of those, um, but they're definitely going to be on the far-flung edge of, like, very comical, over-the-top, uh, offensive holiday movies. Um, you know, you got, on the one hand, you got the one, and I believe I mentioned Ginger Deadman in a previous Fear Boners episode where a dude's, like, a, a killer's ashes gets mixed into the dough of gingerbread at, like, a bakery, and it's voiced by um, Gary Busey. So for me, that's, like, a match made in heaven, and it becomes, like, this weird Chucky-esque, like, mas- uh, puppet master-type movie where there's all these, like, puns every time he kills somebody, but it has, like, the Christmas angle, which is great. Um, and yeah, Sean, what do you think about these movies? Uh, both good ones, both, uh, well, not good movies, but good watches. They're (laughs) definitely fun to watch. Uh, Ginger Dead Man, like you said, voiced by Gary Busey, uh, watching it, you wouldn't believe that it came out like in the 2000s. Oh yeah. Video itself, it looks like something that maybe late eighties, early nineties because of the quality so I'm hoping that was a decision made to in the uh, production of, all right, this is a movie about a killer gingerbread. We are not a real movie. Let's just have fun with it. Uh, <laughs> now, what, what year did it come out? Uh, I believe like 04? 2005. 05. I bet it was one of those movies that came out in like the mid thousands and was still also released on VHS. It's like I still have like a copy of The Matrix that was released on VHS from like 2001. <laughs> Yeah, and then Jack Frost, I believe, was late 90s that it came out. Um, for those of you who might have the wrong idea, the Jack Frost we're referring to is not the one with Michael Keaton, which actually came out in the late 90s as well. But uh, right before it, I believe like a year earlier, a horror Christmas movie uh, called Jack Frost also came out. Of Basically about a murderer who's because of a freak accident with a government genetic experiment (laughs) his dna got tied into snow so he was able to form himself as a snowman and start killing everyone uh very practical effects uh there's like some what i believe is like claymation and stop motion uh here and there but other than that it's almost entirely practical effects and Definitely one that you're not supposed to take as a serious movie. One that's making fun of itself as it progresses, and you're supposed to make fun of it right along with it. Now, I remember, um, I remember uh, what you were saying about the effects. I love the the way that they handled the actual snowman and his powers and abilities. But one thing that um, also 
would sell this movie is that one girl from American Pie is in it, and there's a scene where you see her boobs because she's fighting off the snowman in the tub. <laughs> and I remember that was the first thing. Somebody sent me that YouTube video, and I was like, oh, damn, I gotta see this movie. This looks, like, totally ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so you you have a conspiracy theory about how this Jack Frost movie is connected to the Michael Keaton verse Jack Frost movie. Well, I wouldn't necessarily call it conspiracy as so much as hard fact that the Jack Frost with Michael Keaton, which came out a year later, is actually the prequel to the horror Jack Frost in which the one with Michael Keaton, his son had a psychological breakdown after the death of his, let's face it, Michael Keaton was a deadbeat absentee father. And he hallucinated that Michael Keaton went into the snowman that just became, came to life. Uh, Then he just, as quickly as he came, he went away. (laughs) Now, following that, his son, in and out of uh, mental institutions, his entire life growing up, becomes an adult, starts becoming a serial killer known as Jack Frost, and later on in life, will come into a accident with a government-funded experimental genetic uh, substance, which causes him to become Jack Frost itself. This, this, I think, I think this is a solid, you know, I mean, when we start getting feedback on this about how we need to stop talking about it and, uh, you know, we get contacted by the government that we shouldn't be digging into this topic, I think that's when we can start considering it a conspiracy theory. But I think you are dead on. I think you nailed it. Um, this movie, these movies should be watched in tandem every year, right before Christmas, just so, you know, you can stay woke and educate yourself about the history of Jack Frost. And while I won't go into the movie itself, I want to suggest to people who watch Jack Frost to not watch the second one. Oh, really? Is that, isn't that the one I saw? I haven't seen the second one. Um, but I saw the cover of the, the box art. He's like on a tropical Island or some shit. They go in, they lean into the joke movie way too far and it jumps the shark and it, <laughs> I'd say actually detracts from the original. So, so that's not part of the, it's not a conspiracy trilogy. It is not. Okay. No. So that one the does only not conspiracy exist. There is that someone created this thinking that they were making a good movie to follow uh, the original Jack Frost. Gotcha. So Jack Frost three or Jack Frost two is made by the government to throw us off the trail. Obviously, exactly. Okay. To make you think, there's no way something this ridiculous could be real. <laughs> well, speaking of ridiculous things being real, uh, uh, yesterday and today, Sean and I took the opportunity to um, watch a fantastic little film uh, from 1989. We both would have been about two years old when it came out, um, but now watching it as adults, we uh, we have been enlightened. We have our minds have been expanded to the truth behind the Nazi conspiracy that is um, elves. And how they were actually uh, the coming of the Fourth Reich, apparently. Um, so we watched the film Elves, starring Grizzly Adams. Um, and I want to uh, toss it over to you, Sean. Like, tell me um, a little bit about this movie and tell me what you thought about it. I feel it's only fitting that this is the last movie that we talk about in a larger scale. Uh, for the listeners, I want you to be fully aware that the movies that we've gone over and the ones we mentioned is only a small slice of the 
horror Christmas movies that we've exposed ourselves to and that are out there for your viewing pleasure. Elves by far is the worst one that I have watched. It is a steaming it, hunk of shit. <laughs> it is. Like, all right, now I talked about the crap of character development and uh, interaction between the characters themselves that was in Krampus. This, there is no reason for half the characters that are even in there. They do not progress the story. I mean, I felt so many of the scenes were like watching a high school play where people walk into the scene, not acting yet. Once they get to their line, then they envelop the character they're playing. Once they say their line, they walk off stage, not acting, just like trying to get out of there. <laughs> like the... Uh, mother of the main character oh she's such a bitch uh, i know she <laughs> with no reason whatsoever she is an absolute bitch like they never go into anything oh well you do you do that, kind of find out later like the twist at the end when you find out you know what happened yeah but i mean still she's she's way too mean to her yeah and still like the way she i mean all right there's one scene in particular uh it's not gonna spoil anything uh the main character, this uh, who's supposed to be a teenage girl, even though she looks older than that, <laughs> uh, her brother is getting attacked by the quote-unquote elf uh, while he's in bed at night. Now, the girl, this is actually somewhat good acting. Um, she's running into there. She has a concerned yet scared look on her face, uh, trying to find out what's the matter with this kid who's yelling. Uh, the elf had already jumped out the window by then. However, the mom casually walks in, says her line about, uh, oh, no, it was the cat, and gets pissed off immediately at the girl's cat. Oh, and we find out the cat's name is Agamemnon. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then, like, she gets pissed off at the girl. The girl picks up the cat and, like, tries leaving the room. The mom just like nonchalantly follows her out there's like nothing to follow she like forgets that she was upset at the girl <laughs> and the cat and the kid she just exits stage right yeah end scene forgot yeah. my line yeah there's so many moments like that in this movie where like people kind of fumble through lines or like like the the grandfather dad guy who is sometimes german sometimes some other indistinguishable eastern european accent like, and then he can't decide how paralyzed he is, because sometimes he's in the wheelchair, and then sometimes, like, none of his body works, and it's just, there's so many different, like, people trying to overact, or, like, overshadow other people in this film, mm-hmm. especially Grizzly and... Adams. Like, Grizzly Adams just, like, steals the show. He's still pretty great in this movie, but, like, like the one scene where you find out that, he, sure, he used to be the mall Santa Claus, but then he talks about how he used to also be a mall detective, what the hell is yeah, a mall and then detective? It goes into, he was also like police, like on police force as a detective as well, which are, <laughs> I mean, entirely different things. And I'm assuming that the mall detective would be like uh, solving mall murders. Well, I feel like security guard, but looking further into stuff, like if there's uh, something was stolen rather than just calling the cops, they. I don't know, look into what was stolen or, and then call the cops. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, yeah. There's so there's so much weird stuff in this movie. Like in the beginning, when the little brother's trying to peep on his his sister's boobs, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, you that got the biggest, so sweetest weird. boobs. I'm gonna tell everybody I saw my sister's boobs." And it's just like, well, why? But then you find out that there's the weird incest subplot later on in the movie, mm-hmm. where like like the grandfather is tied in with this like occult Nazi research, trying to create the Fourth Reich, and it's tied in with the elves and like at that point it's not even like we're not spoiling anything this is just the like the word vomit that the script of the movie is and it just shits out in front of you and you just accept it because you're like well i'm already about 45 minutes into this movie i guess this is what's gonna happen now it's like a beautiful car crash on christmas eve just watching it happen oh man (laughs) are there any other are there any other hot button topics that are touched in this film or any other scenes you'd like to highlight sean uh there's just so much that i just can't get over like <laughs> well the, so lots the end, of parts that were just painful to watch the end which we can totally talk about the end with full transparency when it cuts mm-hmm. away and all of a sudden there's the little elf fetus which we're assuming is inside the girl at this point because she was supposed to be impregnated by the elf we never saw like it was really heavily implied that the elf had sex with her but like nothing nothing happened like there wasn't anything that was apparent that he actually like humped her or whatever happened but like it leaves a lot to you're supposed to like anything you could possibly assume is oh yeah they'll the audience will understand that that (laughs) oh that could have happened so it probably did and we'll they'll just go with it oh man and then like the the thing i was telling you about earlier where once the survivor girl who beats off all the elves or sorry bad phrasing (laughs) kills all the elves she actually has a moment where she throws like a ruby into a hole which i'm not sure if they actually explained why that kills the elves but when she makes the killing blow to end all the 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 threats and the like the end of the world and the stuff that doesn't seem that important towards the end of the movie she screams uh an epithet like a, a very offensive word against homosexual people at the elf and it's like oh well, that I guess we're in the 80s and that was still okay to throw in movies, but why is our hero using that sort of like battle cry? It seemed really jarring towards the end of the movie, and then I was like, well, the last person that I was kind of supposed to care about anymore, I don't. Where's Grizzly Adams? Oh, are we supposed to assume that he bled out, or did he just wander into the woods to live his life as Santa Claus Grizzly Man? We never, we never really get that wrapped up. So there's a lot of plot holes. This movie is just one giant plot hole. Um... That, that doesn't really have much to do with Christmas besides the first couple scenes where the, the mall Santa tries to molest her. But um, definitely check it out. Definitely play the mustache game. Slap some mustaches on the TV. Have a whole bunch of liquor, beer, wine, boozes, jello shots, what have you, in store to watch this movie because it's the only thing that's going to help you to get through it. Again, this one is also on YouTube in its entirety in decent condition so you can watch it very easily on youtube for free um so definitely get some friends over to watch that one be prepared it is extra shitty um and with that um we are the down in front podcast this has been fear boners with andrew special holiday edition uh my bestest bud from back home sean the swedish cyclops bukowski joining us sean where can our friends find you tell us a little bit more about yourself before signing off of I unfortunately have not quite uh, kept up with uh, technology in this new age. I am on several social medias, including uh, Twitter. Uh, I believe it is at Sean Bukowski, I believe. Uh, 
I, obviously, you can tell that I haven't kept up since I don't even know what my Twitter <laughs> handle is. Well, tell well tell our dear listeners you actually met the big man himself yesterday and had breakfast with the Santa Claus. Um, can you at least tell our dear listeners that you'll put in a good word for them? I will. Um, however, I feel my daughter called him out as a fake. <laughs> Even though she is one, because she started screaming her head off as soon as she saw him. She knows. She's like a metal detector for fake Santas. Oh, and just to correct it, I did check myself. It is at Sean M. Bukowski. That is S-E-A-N-M-B-U-K-O-W-S-K-I. You are more than welcome to seek me out and follow me. So that will increase my followers from three to however many I get. Fantastic. And you heard it here first, folks. That's where you can go on the internet to find Shawnee Mikey Kowski himself. And before we wrap, wrap, wrap it up like a good Christmas present, um, I just want to toss it back to Sean because we decided that we had a couple more movies that we wanted to have um, uh, brought up as honorable mention. Um, So, Sean, let us know what movies these folks should be checking out this holiday season. Two last uh, honorable mentions that I feel the listeners need to know about that we didn't quite cover are Rare Exports. Uh, I believe it has a subtitle. Uh, it's like Rare Exports, a Christmas tale uh, about Santa being unearthed in an archaeological dig. And that also and has then, subtitles because it's, it's in a different language, right? Oh, yes. I must warn you, there is reading involved, but... <laughs> Uh, I believe it's worth it. And then the other movie that I highly recommend is A Cadaver Christmas, which for those of you who are fans of bad movies that are fun to watch and Cadaver Christmas feels like just, I mean, just read the synopsis and it feels like uh, that those that created it were trying to make an homage to uh, Sam Raimi and Evil Dead because it's, doesn't have the uh, production type that really pays an homage to it, but I mean, just the writing, the uh, who the characters are, what they're trying to do, and it's it's one that I won't go into, but you'll have to watch for yourself. Yeah, that one was pretty funny. I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about that one because I caught that it's it's on Amazon Prime if you have it, and it's kind of shot to look like a a grindhouse movie. I watched it with like three or four other people, and they all hated it, but I I kind of enjoyed it. So I'm glad that we're both on the same page with that one. So. I can also recommend Cadaver Christmas for anyone watching. Yeah, I mean, you can tell uh, the actors themselves, especially the main, the janitor, uh, he's taking his cues from how Bruce Campbell plays Ash, like the overacting, like the intentional overacting as he tries to kill undead. (laughs) (laughs) Cadavers. (laughs) I'm sorry, cadavers. Everybody in that movie hams it up for sure. Like a holiday ham, if you will. (laughs) All right. Exactly. With that, we are going to wrap it up here. Uh, And thank you so much for tuning in for another holiday special of Fear Boners presented by the Down in Front podcast. If you'd like to reach out with your own holiday greetings to us or let us know what you thought about this episode, you can find us on several different forms of social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com backslash down in front podcast. You can email us directly at down in front podcast at gmail.com. We're also on YouTube um, and Twitch. Uh, We have the game, the game 
same stream. You can go there for twitch.tv backslash down in front podcast. Uh, on Twitter, you can tweet at us at underscore D-I-F-P as in a down in front podcast. Uh, and then also, if you enjoy the content we create, um, if it gets you through your day, if it gets you um, uh, in the holiday spirit, uh, if it uh, jingles your jangle, if it stuffs your stocking, if it gives you a fear boner, um, any little bit helps, and you can pop on over to Patreon uh, and subscribe uh, to you know a small monthly donation to help us put this thing together, because we do it absolutely for free, um, but we pr- appreciate any support that you guys give us. Uh, we love our listeners, um, and we love your feedback, so uh, pop on over to patreon.com backslash downinfrontpodcast to learn more there. Um, as always, like I've said before, many a time. Thanks so much for tuning in. It means the world. We appreciate you guys so much and have a happy, happy holiday. Whatever you celebrate, whatever you believe, whatever you do, make sure you do it with friends and family and plenty of food and presents and have a great new year if we don't see it before then. <laughs>